This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. When the nights get cold and the lights go out The sun is gone behind the clouds And you feel lost and I'll reach out To guide you home with my lighthouse This show has one mission, to give hope where hope is lost or fading fast. We're here for anyone that is affected by mental illness, their friends, their family, their employers, teachers and anyone else in the community. Welcome to Lighthouse of Hope. I'm your host, Michael Hempseed. I'm so glad you're joining us today. Joining us on the show today, we have Danny Dehek. Danny, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And Danny, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? I'm 47 years of age. Um, what else do I tell people about myself? I suppose You've I, got a few businesses, haven't you? Yeah, I've had a few businesses. A bit of an entrepreneur, as they say. I'm always looking for something different and interesting to keep my brain occupied. And uh, some of your hobbies or things that you like doing in your free time? Oh, I love doing the mountain biking, uh, even though we haven't got that lovely park up there to ride down. I never got an opportunity to go down that hill, unfortunately. Hopefully they'll get that back up and running fairly soonish. Yeah, another hobby I have, uh, I enjoy target shooting. I've done that for about five or six years. Oh, fantastic. Any um, times the arrows didn't go to the target or anything like that? Oh, we don't talk about that. Don't talk, oh, we'll, <laughs> cut, we'll cut that bit out of the show, okay? <laughs> Great. And now, Danny, why have you come here today? Uh, you uh, invited me because I have uh, the gift of dyslexia, and I like telling people how to overcome obstacles in life using technology a lot of the times. Fantastic. So first of all, can you tell us what was it like um, being in school with dyslexia? Uh, well, basically, I hated school, and I just couldn't wait until I was old enough to leave. Yeah. And did anyone um, pick up that you might have a learning disability at all or anything along those lines? Yeah, I probably, uh, I don't know, at the time the grading of schools weren't really that good and I was in quite a high class yeah. and then they graded, because I, I measured the lowest in the high class, they put me in the sort of the reject class the second year, but um, they basically just thought I had a reading problem so they put me in a special reading class and tried to get me to sound out words and syllables and all that sort of stuff. And before we go much further, can you tell us um, what dyslexia is, please? Well, what people think dyslexia is is probably uh, an interesting question because most people will just say it's reading and writing, but it's um, a lot more than that. It's, it's pronunciation, uh, you know, being able to join in a conversation with other like-minded people, and um, I can't say a lot of words that I want to, <laughs> and I can't express myself in the way I really want to. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, most of the qualities that you need um, to be able to manage in the everyday world are a challenge for you. Yeah, it's everything. Even like finding a street, people will tell me, oh, it's Madras Street or Montreal Street. And I'll know they're one-way streets, but I won't know what end of the city they are. So I can spend ages. So I have to use GPSs all the time. Uh, just I tell people I've got a memory like a goldfish sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I guess if anyone's been to a country where they haven't um, spoken English or haven't used English characters, that could be a little bit similar in that it's very, very difficult to find even basic information. Funny that. I went to Japan for five days and I brought my flights early so I could leave because I couldn't 
read anything. I just couldn't communicate. It was like I lost all my faculties. Yeah, I had a similar experience in China. I thought I was ordering chicken one night, and whatever I came back with was not chicken. So (laughs) hopefully it wasn't dog. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about, um, say, when you left school, what was life like for you with dyslexia? Uh, Well, the best thing the school ever did for me, they suggested that I went to a place called, excuse my pronunciation, I think it was Pitcaithley House, and they taught me just some basic skills on how to conduct myself at a, an interview, how to look somebody in the eye, how to ask questions when you want a job, and just a lot of those sort of more, um, I don't know how to explain it, you know. Uh, uh, some of the basic life skills? Yep, life skills, yeah. spot on. So then I decided that with this newfound knowledge that I'd knock on people's doors and ask them if they'd be interested in hiring me um, to mow their lawns or do their gardening. And they would often say, how much do you charge? And i say, oh, $10 an hour. And they'd say, oh, that sounds pretty fair. And then I'd say, can I use your lawnmower? And that's so I built up a little wee business, just mowing lawns and digging gardens and sweeping drives and cleaning out spoutings. And um, that was the first time I actually really got a job, which I felt like I could do and be quite competent at. So even though you had quite a few challenges, you were able to make it work for you? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I always wanted to be a little bit of an entrepreneur, um, the problem is, any time I went for a job, they'd ask me for my CV or my experience, and um, my CV was nothing. I had no no qualifications at all, so I just thought I was going to be stuck being a labourer. Yeah. And um, you mentioned that you were 47, um, so obviously this was a few years ago. Was there much help out there for people with dyslexia back then? Now, I'd have to say no. It was... I got a bit of a break. I got a qualification as a painter and a decorator. A family friend um, offered me an apprenticeship and I'd been working in a supermarket for about 18 months beforehand so I thought right here's a chance to get some form of qualification. So I did painting and decorating for four years, become a tradesman and then um, after working for the same boss for three more years I decided to go out in business on my own and that was probably my, my real break in understanding how business works. And can you tell us a little bit about that business and some of maybe the highlights and challenges that you experienced? Yeah, well, the good thing about being in a partnership with another person is that they have strengths that I didn't, and uh, their job was doing the writing and the invoicing and um, making sure the businesses ran correctly. And my job was doing paint procedures, uh, quality control, and making sure everything was done in that area. So we didn't really overlap on each other's strengths and then what I realised in business if you couldn't do something you find somebody else to do what you can't. And that might sound like a simple concept but um, my experience of a lot of people in business is that's the thing that holds them back they try and do everything themselves. No I definitely agree with that uh, it was, it's just every obstacle people take it for granted I remember one of the, I had a small job driving a forklift uh, in Myco Wakefielders they were really nice to me, but then they said, you've got great work ethics and we'd like to give you a promotion. We want to put you in the office and your new job will be answering the telephone, writing people's names down and taking orders. And I was shocking at that. I couldn't even, I remember a guy by the name of Peter Driver coming and I couldn't even write his name down. I had to ask him how to spell Peter. He looked at me like I was stupid. So I actually quit that job before I got fired because I didn't want to have, I've been fired from a job. And I think that's um, 
it's possible to understand that if someone was just to talk to you, they probably wouldn't realise that this was something you struggled with? Yeah, even today, it's just everything is a struggle. And you're always driving uh, to have acceptance and you know, and you want to be part of a team and you've got this big massive thing. I, when I was, did get do quite well with my painting and decorating, I was 23 years of age and I decided, right, it's time for me to get an education. So I, I went to Spelled Canterbury and they were awesome. They put me through a test and they said, yep, you have dyslexia. And I said, so what do I do about it? How can I? And they said, well, you could hire a teacher. So I went for reading and writing lessons for a year and the I was like a five-year-old. <laughs> they, yeah. I had homework and I had a book and then she taught me how to sound out words, um, gave me a better understanding of the English language. But after a year of lessons, two times a week, I honestly can say I come out with not really gain any anything that would help me in life. Yeah. And one of the things that some of our listeners may know is that so many entrepreneurs have dyslexia. I think about 10% of the general population have dyslexia, but about 35% of entrepreneurs have it. So what do you think makes um, people with dyslexia such good entrepreneurs? I'd like to think I'm a good entrepreneur. I think, um, well, you're literally reinventing the wheel and you can't follow regimented ways. So I'm just, if somebody asked me to do something, I, I just make it up as I go. And I suppose that's why we doing things different is always a strength. Right. And so obviously um, you've had some challenges in li- your life, but you also had a successful uh, travelling business, is that right? Yeah, I owned, uh, when I, one of the painting jobs I had, I decided to paint uh, a nightclub and the guy asked me what uh, we could do with a room over beyond and I said, well, why don't we make it into one of those internet cafes? So long story short, uh, we've finished up going into business together and starting up a business called the email center on Worcester Boulevard and people used to come in and I'd ask them what they were doing and look over their shoulder and basically I learned enough to uh, develop and build websites so I decided that it would be a good idea to sell everything I own and buy a beautiful 11 inch colored compact computer and travel around New Zealand telling people I was a mobile internet consultant and it was quite novel I used to knock on somebody's door I had a, one of the first digital cameras that come out. I'd take a photo of their place as I was walking up the drive and then show them the photo on the back of the camera. They'd be amazed by the technology. Then I'd say, look, if I can have your brochure, uh, I'll take the photos, I'll build your website, it'll cost you $300 and $30 a month. And, um, and next year when I'm coming by, I'll drop in and see and do any updates. And because of it was new and it was timing was perfect, people actually hired me. Um, to build their websites. This is back in 1995. Great, so it seems like you saw an opportunity that possibly other people didn't see? Yeah, I did. I learnt in business it is all about timing and also having the the balls (laughs) to actually go out there and do something that's a wee bit different. And I, you know, I I really did well with that business. I was working for some big name companies at the time like Blackwater Rafting, the Glacier Guiding Company. I still do the website for the um, uh, Alpine Adventures. They've rebranded themselves now. But um, but we, w- you know, I was in f- one day. I think in a week, I went in fourteen different helicopters. I'd find myself landing on a glacier, taking photos. <laughs> uh, Blackwater Rafting were a really awesome company to work for. But I finished up working for forty-five different rental car companies, and I used to do ninety-nine percent of their internet marketing. 
And it was really cool. My, my company, best year ever, I think it was 2004, I turned over $480,000 and I took home about $280,000 in my back pocket. And I realized you don't need to read and write to make money. Fantastic. And you mentioned earlier on that um, you've found some ways to overcome some of these difficulties, and particularly with technology. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I've always been trying to get my words that are in my head onto a computer screen. (laughs) So I've tried all types of technology, and one of the best things ever is probably Apple products because they have built-in voice recognition software. So even when I'm texting people, um, because people don't realize, I mean, I can honestly say I've never read a book in my life. I've read pages of a book, I've read a chapter, but if I go away and come back to the book and start reading it again, I always think, I think I've read this before, and it might be exactly the same page I read half an hour ago. So now what I do is, if anyone emails me, I select all the words, and I have it read read to me, and then I comprehend what I'm reading. And I start to, and then recently I've been listening to audio books and all the Richard Branson books and all those sort of people, I can now understand what it's like when people go to a movie and come out and say, I think the book was better. Because I always thought people were crazy who could get more enjoyment from reading than watching something visual. Great. And um, any other uh, apps or tools that you have that are particularly helpful? Well, yeah, funny, this morning I went through quite a few different apps um, sort of what I'm doing now with I own a business networking company and I'm actually finding that people in business are struggling using technology but because I've really been using so much of it in my life I've sort of taken a lot of it for granted so I'm actually teaching people how to use apps and the benefit of um, just using uh, CRMs or anything that makes you more productive if there's a bottleneck in your business and technology can help speed that up then ask me <laughs> because I'm, I've found a way to do it faster and uh, and I'm just sharing a lot of that knowledge these days and people are finding it much better for their businesses. Yeah. Fantastic and so um, if someone's listening to this and maybe they think either they themselves have dyslexia or someone they know what sort of help would you recommend for them? Mm, I think sharing uh, and talking to other people I mean I went I did a my first ever keynote speech in, uh, at the um, property investors um, network of people, <laughs> sorry, and uh, a guy came up to me afterwards and he said to me, hey, Seth, thank you for sharing your story about dyslexia. I said, I also have dyslexia and I've never told anybody. And he said, I've been very successful. He, he said he was in South Africa and he'd set up uh, over 50 um, like New World supermarkets and he said he, he, he had to, every time he can't do something, he'd always hire somebody like his own assistant, had his own assistant. And I just think that's don't be ashamed of dyslexia. Uh, it's actually quite it is a gift of dyslexia. I think it's actually a real bonus in a way. I have to chuckle at some things I find so incredibly simple. I watch other people struggling with, and I've got to be quite empathetic because I, I struggle with why some people just can't get it. And I think the best thing with dyslexia is everything that we see is done by memory. There's nothing I I can look at and sound out. So it it amazes me that I do have a good memory. It's an exhausted memory, (laughs) but it is a fantastic memory that I have to memorize. I can look at a word and I can tell you that that word is not spelt correctly. 
but I won't be able to read that word. Um, I, I can probably um, type it on a keyboard and get it correctly, uh, correct. And it's just really strange how the brain works. The brain's an amazing thing. So I do honestly believe it's a gift. Great. And um, you said that you did a keynote recently. Have you um, helped other people with dyslexia or is that something that you want to get more involved with? Yeah, I would do. I did hear of a school, a local school, that was struggling with getting children uh, to attend. And I was thinking it would be quite neat to have a, a class or for older people who have dyslexia. I mean, I really believe that with technology, it's awesome. And I just think that uh, some people are missing out. Like, no offence to people who are a painter and a decorator, but my stepfather was a painter and a decorator. My uh, brother was a painter and a decorator. And uh, my new stepfather was a painter and a decorator. And I just thought I was doomed to be a painter. And it was just so nice to be able to get away from being doing manual stuff to now, these days, I work with business people and I'm well respected and I offer some really good advice and they take the advice on board and their businesses um, blossom. Great. And there's some other ways that this presents itself. So for example, um, would you be able to tell us the months in order? No, I. Uh, it's quite ironic. I was telling somebody the other day that I don't even know the, the order of the months. So when people say, oh, I'm opening a new shop in September. To me, I don't know whether that's nine months away, two months away. I have a gist of when it is, but I often would just say, it's really nice when they say, oh, in three months' time, I'll be opening, because I think of numbers, you see. Yeah. So it always makes me laugh that. But I, I was telling someone the other day, I said, look, I, I don't know the order of the months of the year. I said, I do know the order of the days of the week, but to this day, I still cannot spell all the days of the week. Yeah. And... Um, one time you said to me you didn't know the difference between a noun or a verb. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, if yeah. it's important, I need to know. Um, just as a matter of interest, no one has ever walked up on to me on the street and said, I've got an emergency. I need to be able to know what a verb is. You know, it has never once happened that I've had that situation. <laughs> That's a relief. So um, some things aren't that important. But mm. um, you have a couple of ambitions in life to do certain things. And can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, well, I, I really want to help businesses. I've been, um, it's just, yeah, it's probably, I really like getting people together. Uh, I went through a bit of a personal journey a few years ago, and I basically lost everything, and I and, uh, went through a messy divorce and blah, blah, blah. But I was incredibly lonely, and I decided that um, I'd start, stop feeling sorry for myself, and get out and get involved in the community. So I decided to start up a mountain biking group and we used to have six of us who used to turn up every Saturday and we used to go biking. And then I, I met a, a friend and I said, why don't you come along and um, mountain bike? Oh, I don't have a bike. So well, you could go walking around McCain's Island. And she said, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, you can take my dog. And then I decided to change the event to a mountain biking and a dog walking event and we had 15 people turn up. And uh, then we started organising events, potluck dinners, movie nights. Uh, hiking events, and I still do this today. And what? I, and then I got involved in Rotary and uh, Toastmasters and national speakers. And then uh, now I really enjoy just getting people together and making them talk to each other. And I'm definitely not lonely these days. <laughs> it sounds like it. Sounds like you've got so much on. Yeah, well, it is funny. I remember living in Rangura in a one-bedroom apartment, conveniently located, ten metres from the railway line, thinking. Uh, 
I'm just so lonely. <laughs> now I my phone goes all the time. And you know, this weekend we were going away to Lake Daniels uh, with ten people. Uh, that's got we've cancelled it because of the weather. So we've turned that into a potluck dinner. And a lot of the people in my life are just awesome people, and they're really caring. They look out for each other. So it's it's a nice way to be now. But if you are lonely, and you're battling with um, sadness, depression. Just keep doing the motions. Get involved. And go join some group. There's so many things to do. One of the best websites I've ever been to is meetup.com. And you can go on there, and if you're into knitting, <laughs> you can find groups. If you're into, I don't know, Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> there's a group. And get involved. And we do a lot of hiking events, and we've, it's just been awesome. Yeah. And um, when you went along, to, or when you set up that mountain biking group, um, did you have a lot of negative thoughts that oh, is anyone going to show up and things like that? Yeah, we only need one person. And what I found is a lot of people were in similar situations to myself. And they just, you know, then you just sort of said, well, what are you doing after? Do you want to catch a bite to eat? And they'd go, yep, that sounds great. And we've got a real good um, po- um, policy too. Well, I, I've said that anybody that's involved in any group that I organise will take... F- uh, how do I say we'll take any odd bods so we make everyone feel welcome and there's none of this clicky stuff where oh we don't want him going or her going or oh, I don't like them and I say because I work in the power of threes is three good people can help one person that may be lacking in personal skills because I've found that a lot of people come along and people can draw a conclusion and judge people quite prematurely but if you get to know them over three or four months uh, you can find that a lot of the silly things they may say or do is simply because of nerves, and um, and once they get that that fluidness going and the their confidence le- levels are higher, then they're just different people. Right, and on the show we've talked about um, the impact that loneliness has on people, and it's believed to kill more people than anything else because at our core we are social beings. So. Um, any other tips for people that might feel lonely? Like, how would you, if they think, yes, this is something I want to do, but they think, oh, I don't know anyone, I'm not going to fit in, what would you say to help them then? Yeah, loneliness was massive for me. I remember I went through a, a hell of a divorce. I literally nearly died. I had a burst appendix, and I uh, spent two weeks in hospital. I lost nine kgs in a week, and then I come out, and I had to move out of my, my beautiful house in the country to this one bedroom apartment and some real close friends helped me out that was great however I remember sitting there thinking I feel really bad and I had to, I drove around the city looking for somebody to talk to and I just didn't feel like anyone really cared that I was here so I finished up going to my doctor and if you're listening Chris I'm sorry but and I said look I just feel terrible you know I've gone through a divorce and I have no real ambition anymore and Chris Yee who drives the flashes cars known to man said what are you driving and I said, a Suzuki Swift. And he said, get out of my office, go buy yourself a new car. And I went and leased a brand new R8 Holden. And it was beautiful. I couldn't really afford it. <laughs> but it did put the shine back in my, uh, it made me put the swing back in my step. And people were saying, it's good to see you back on your feet, Danny. It may sound shallow, but I think with loneliness, people get it mixed up with depression. Yeah. And I really honestly believe that sometimes you just need to surround yourself with the right type of people and just keep doing the grind, just keep moving forward. 
don't sit there on the sofa thinking, ah, oh, this is no good. Just keep doing the motions until you get that spark and that smile back in your step. Right. And finally, um, I believe you want to write a book one day. <laughs> yeah, dyslexic person. It'll be the first book I ever read, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had a, a few. I do like, I, I, li- I love doing public speaking, and I, I have quite a few interesting stories, and and I figure that one day uh, I might be enticed to write a book. Um, it's more about the struggle with dyslexia and my love for being an entrepreneur and business. I mean, I love being a business person. I'm so proud of myself that I haven't never haven't worked for a boss for 20 years. And when I left school at 14, I thought I was just doomed. All I wanted to do was get a job so I could earn some money, so I could buy some nice things. Great. Well, when the book comes out, I look forward to reading it. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate having you on the show. No, thank you. Take care. When the nights get cold and the lights go out The sun is gone behind the clouds And you feel lost and I'll reach out To guide you home with my lighthouse Oh, 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 oh.